This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington. My name is Walker Wildman. Glad to have you tuned in to the American Family Radio Network. This Saturday afternoon, good to be with you. AFR.net is our website. Check it out. AFR.net is our website. Go there, find out all the information you need to know about the uh, radio show Exposing Washington and find out all you need to know about American Family Radio, the network that you're hearing this show on. You can also download our app on your phone, tablet device. Just type in AFR. In your app store, download the American Family Radio app. Not only do we have the app available on Apple devices, on Android devices, but we also have an app on devices such as Roku, Amazon Alexa, and we even have an app on uh, Apple TV, so you can listen to AFR on your TV. Various ways to keep up with the radio network and the show Always, you can follow me on Twitter, at Walker Wildman on Twitter, at Walker Wildman on Twitter, and of course, our YouTube channel, Exposing Washington. Today, I want to talk about various things going on in Washington, D.C., some of them pretty good news items, but at least half of the show, I want to spend talking about, you know, this uh, Inspector General's report. We talked about it in length last week, so we're not going to spend the entire show on it, but at least half of the show, I want to talk about the new developments this week when it comes to the various crimes committed by our very own FBI. And the reason I'm able to say things like crimes is because when you look at this, when you look at what was done, how it was done, there's no other conclusion but to say that a crime occurred. Who is responsible? What will the consequences be? That's to be determined. But there's no way we can look at this and come to the conclusion that no crime occurred when it comes to the FBI's conduct and their misdeeds surrounding the Russia hoax. For example, this is like watching someone rob a bank. After that fact, you're going to say to yourself, someone just robbed a bank. You may not know who it is or what kind of consequences they're going to face, but in your mind, you're going to be thinking to yourself, a crime just occurred. Someone just robbed a bank right in front of my very own eyes. The same can be said with this. And I want to go through a list of things. I mean, these are just no-brainer, easy-peasy Crimes that could be prosecuted, assuming everyone sets aside their political differences, 
sets aside their status. All of this, you put every, all the distractions aside, and you just look at what went on in the FBI in 2015 and 2016, and boy, was it corrupt. And I just got to say, I'm one of the biggest fans of law enforcement. I know I have friends who are in law enforcement. I know I actually know people who used to work for the FBI. I know people that work for the FBI now. So I'm I'm the biggest fan of law enforcement. But what went on at the FBI was corrupt. What went on at the FBI was corrupt. It was criminal. It was bad. It makes the FBI look horrible. And I hate that, but that's the truth. And as we've as we've all said a hundred times, this is not reflective of the entire FBI and some of the field agents, but this is definitely reflective of what happened at the top of the FBI. All the people in Washington, D.C. at the headquarters. Just listing a few of the things that we've discovered in the past few weeks. At least one FBI official tampered with evidence, which is a crime, in order to get a search warrant on the Trump campaign. On at least four occasions, the FBI knowingly submitted false evidence to a federal judge. At least four occasions. The FBI also purposefully withheld evidence, 17 key facts from the federal judge because these 17 key facts contradicted their entire narrative. This resulted in multiple people, multiple American citizens, being wrongfully accused of crimes and acts that never occurred, including false allegations against President Trump. This also, we're talking about this entire Russia investigation, the Russia hoax. This resulted in General Michael Flynn being framed by the FBI. Now he's facing jail time for a for an incident or a crime completely unrelated to anything with Russia. Now we also have Paul Manafort, former Trump campaign advisor, and Roger Stone facing years of jail time, in certain instances decades. But you have the people who, the real criminals, meaning the FBI people, the people who fabricated evidence, made up evidence, the people who who lied to a federal judge on at least four occasions. These people are either still working at the FBI or they've retired on the government pension program. So the good guys go to jail and the bad guys at the FBI get off the hook. And that's the case as of today, but who knows what will happen in the next 12 months. Maybe, just maybe, John Durham, the prosecutor out of Connecticut, will actually seek justice 
and seek to right the wrongs that our federal government did, committed, maybe, just maybe, we will see some justice. But I'll tell you this, until someone goes to jail, handcuffs and all, until someone goes to jail over the corruption at the FBI, until someone goes to jail, I'm not going to have full faith and confidence in the FBI. The, what has been done, the wrong that has been committed, has to be made right. The only way to make it right is for those who actually committed the crimes at the FBI, the FBI employees, for them to face the legal system. And until that happens, then I will not have full faith and confidence in our federal government and in the Federal Bureau of Investigation. One of the glaring, uh, uh, another glaring example of what some are calling perjury or lying under oath is the fact that James Comey for the past three years has been saying that John, or actually in an email exchange when he was still the FBI director, he said that John Brennan, the CIA director, wanted the Steele dossier put in the intelligence briefing in front of President Obama. Well, John Brennan, the CIA director, claims that he never wanted such. Let's listen to clip one, John Brennan, clip one, let's listen. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I will uh, yield to the gentleman from South Carolina. You may ask Mr. Gowdy. I thank my friend from Arkansas. Director Brennan, do you know who commissioned the Steele dossier? I don't. Uh, do you know if the FBI paid for any a portion of the Steele dossier? I don't know. I know that there are press reports related to that, but I, I don't know. I have no first-hand knowledge of that. Do you know whether any of the uh, underlying allegations made in the Steele dossier were ever, ever tested, probed, examined, cross-examined, whether the sources were uh, examined for reliability, credibility? I know that there were efforts made by the Bureau to try to understand whether or not any of the information in that uh, was uh, valid, but I, I just I don't have any first-hand knowledge of it. Do you know if the Bureau ever relied on the Steele dossier as, any, as part of any court filings, applications, petitions, pleadings? I have no awareness. <laughs> Did the CIA rely on it? No. Why not? Because we, we didn't. We, it wasn't part of the corpus of intelligence uh, information that we had. It was not in any way used as a basis for the intelligence community assessment that was done. Uh, it, was, it was not. Wow. So you can come, you can draw two conclusions there, my friends. You can say that, boy, John Brennan just doesn't know what's going on. Poor, poor John Brennan, just not kept in the loop. Poor CIA director. Or you come to the conclusion, the one that I'm leaning towards, when he just flat out lied. John Brennan just flat out lied on national television under oath. That's the conclusion I'm leaning towards. Trey Gowdy from South Carolina, the former congressman, said, Director Brennan, do you know who commissioned the Steele dossier, which is the opposition research? John Brennan says, I don't.
I have no idea. This was in May of 2017 when he was giving testimony. You telling me the CIA director doesn't know who paid for that? The whole world know knows at this point who paid for it. And it wasn't that hard to find out. Hillary Clinton, her campaign, and in conjunction with the Democrat National Committee, the DNC, they both jointly paid Fusion GPS to put together this opposition research that the FBI used to spy on the Trump campaign. And you want me to believe that the CIA director doesn't know who paid for it? The CIA knows where we're eating dinner tonight. They know everything about everyone. And, and you want me to believe that John Brennan, I just don't know who paid for it. you got to be kidding me. I think John Brennan knew who paid for it. The other answer that John Brennan said that I'm just not buying. Well, I know I'm not buying it, and I'll tell you why. Trey Gowdy asked John Brennan, did the CIA rely on the dossier or the opposition research paid for by Hillary Clinton? John Brennan says, no, absolutely not. And matter of fact, we didn't even use it in the intelligence community assessment. Well, well, well. An email from James Comey, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, the email from James Comey when he was FBI director says that Brennan wants the dossier used in the intelligence community assessment in front of President Obama. Why would James Comey email his staff members saying that John Brennan, the CIA director, wants this included when we brief President Obama and James, and then and then now John Brennan's saying, you don't even know what you're talking about. CIA didn't touch it. CIA didn't use it. But John Brennan wants it uh, in the intelligence briefing to President Obama. So you got a lot of different answers coming out. And somebody's not telling the truth. I guess we'll find out over time who's not telling the truth. I think there's a lot of people probably telling half-truths or a lot of people uh, lying. We'll figure that out over time. Shifting gears a little bit, I want to transition into impeachment for a few minutes and play a few clips for you. I played these like a month or two ago, but I think it's just good for us to be reminded how the Democrats were just taken back at, at the Republicans impeaching President Clinton over his perjury, his lying under oath. I want us to listen to Jerry Nadler back in 1998 talking about how wrong it is for us to impeach a duly elected president. Clip two, let's listen. Because he knew quite properly that an impeachment of a president is an undoing of a national election. And one of the reasons we all feel so angry about what they are doing is that they are ripping from us, they are ripping asunder our votes. They are telling us that our votes don't count. And that the election must be set aside. Well, there you have it. Man, Jerry Nadler just all upset that the Republicans would dare impeach President Clinton for lying under oath. And what's he doing now? Fast forward. I guess some odd 20 years later. Jerry Nadler is leading the charge with Nancy Pelosi to impeach a duly elected president and undo a national election. 11 months out from the election. We are 11 months out 
almost 10 months out from an election where the people could, through a Democrat process called voting, the American people could decide whether they would like to remove President Trump from office through legitimate and legal means. But instead, Democrats just can't wait to remove President Trump. Wait, they can wait. They can wait because Nancy Pelosi passed impeachment and now she has it locked in her uh, in her office and she refuses to send it over to the Senate to be tried. So we're getting mixed signals. Which one is it? Is President, is President Trump's presence in the Oval Office such an urgent danger that we got to impeach him now? Or is it not that urgent that we can wait until after the new year? I'll tell you one of the reasons that Nancy Pelosi isn't sending the articles of impeachment over to the Senate to be tried and for President Trump to be proven innocent is because they just had to get home for Christmas break. Lawmakers just left Washington, D.C. last night. Man, it must be nice to get off work on Thursday at lunchtime. And they're going to come back after the new year. And so not even removing the president is important enough to stay in Washington, D.C. Another clip I want to play, speaking of Nancy Pelosi, this is clip three. This is Nancy Pelosi back also in 1998 on the House floor. Boy, these people spend too much time in Washington, D.C. Jerry Nadler, Nancy Pelosi, and half of the other politicians in Washington have been there before I was born. They've been there since before I was born and long before. You have people that have been there since Reagan in the 80s. You have Joe Biden, who was there when Clarence Thomas, the now Supreme Court justice, went through his hearing in the Senate. Joe Biden and some of the others, they were there, senators. Our founders, this is a rabbit trail, but I'm going to take it. Our founders, when they founded America, set up our entire system of government, I can tell you one thing for sure. They did not intend on elected officials serving in Washington, D.C. for 20, 30, 40, and even 50 years. No, our, our framers, our founders, they all had full-time jobs. They were farmers, they were doctors, they were bankers, and they did the people's business on the side. Probably didn't get paid much. I don't know what the salary was then. But that wasn't their main thing. They had their primary job Monday through Friday, and then they did the people's business. But now you have people like Nancy Pelosi and Republicans, too. They go to Washington, D.C., and they never come back. And they completely lose touch with middle America. I digress. Clip three. Let's listen to Nancy Pelosi, 1998. Today, the Republican majority is not judging the president with fairness, but impeaching him with a vengeance. In the investigation of the president, fundamental principles which Americans hold dear 
privacy, fairness, checks and balances have been seriously violated. And why? Because we are here, as we are here today because the Republicans in the House are paralyzed with hatred of President Clinton. And until the Republicans free themselves of this hatred, our country will suffer. Boy, does that sound familiar. That sounds like that speech was given yesterday. And you just change, you just fill in the blank and put Republicans, are, are Democrats and President Trump. Democrats are just filled with hatred for President Trump. And until they get past that, our country will not heal. And this is the, this is the irony, if you will, or this is the funny thing about Washington, D.C., is that if you listen to these politicians over the course of several years, they, they, they're all saying the same thing. <laughs> they're all saying the same thing. They switch roles. It just depends on who's in the White House. They just change their, change, they fill in the blank and just start saying the, the same thing about the opposite party, and they do it on repeat. And I've said this before, but this is all just a political circus. I mean, if you really think about it and you get down to it, these people aren't doing anything. Okay, okay, they're passing some legislation. But passing legislation takes like 30 minutes. You bring it to the floor, everybody raises their hand or don't raise your hand, and then it, it passes or it fails. These elected officials in Washington, D.C., Republicans too, they're just as bad at it. They go up there and they just don't do anything. They have hearings, meetings, parties. Occasionally, they actually do work. And they get paid for it. Then election season comes around and they campaign and they promise. They promise change. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to fix our country. Then January comes around after election. They all get sworn in and they, what do they do? Repeat. Hearings and parties, <laughs> impeachment. And nothing gets done. One person who's actually getting things done is President Trump. A few good news items from the Oval Office. This article's out from Washington Examiner. President Trump put in place a new rule recently that basically puts a work requirement on food stamps. And this report from the Washington Examiner says that it's working. The food stamp work requirement is actually working. Cutting down on fraudulent activity When it comes to the food stamp program, just in my home state of Mississippi, President Trump's rule uh, work requirement rule change for food stamps led to a 72% decrease in able-bodied adults enrolling in the food stamp program. So a 72% decrease after this rule change where you had able-bodied adults Go out and get a job instead of relying on the federal government unnecessarily.
Same thing happened in Arkansas. Same thing happened in Florida. And all across the country, especially in these more rural states, President Trump doing good work from the Oval Office despite the hatred coming from the Democrats. President Trump also moving forward with a rule change, making it possible to import prescription medicine from Canada. Well, why does this matter, Walker? Well, it's going to be more competition in the prescription market. What does more competition lead to in America? It leads to consumer prices going down. Imagine that, the free market system working for itself. President Trump changing the rules to allow Canada to import prescription drugs into the U.S. mainland, which is going to immediately, once this happens, immediately provide competition for the drug companies. And what does competition do? It drives prices down. You have more competition, more companies competing for the consumer's dollar, then you have prices going down. Another interesting story, this is out of Palm Beach, Florida. Mar-a-Lago, the president, President Trump's private estate down in Florida. We had an example just uh, a few short months ago, maybe a little longer than that. But you had an example where the Secret Service arrested a Chinese national in Mar-a-Lago with cell phones and recording devices, a bunch of very suspicious items, let me just say that. Well, just, uh, let's see, this is dated December 19th, so just a couple days ago. Another, another Chinese national, female, 56 years old, caught in Mar-a-Lago taking pictures of the residents. And when security and local police confronted her, well, she all of a sudden didn't know how to speak English. And I think we all know what's going on here. The Chinese government has spies in our country, believe it or not. And the Chinese government's just trying to get a foothold in Mar-a-Lago, probably for spying purposes. But what's so funny, and this actually, this happens more often than you know, we had a case just last week where four Chinese nationals drove into a military base up in the Northeast. They drove into a military base, and then when they got confronted, they act like they couldn't speak English. Oh, we're just lost. We don't know where we're going. We're looking for the mall. We're looking for somewhere to eat dinner. Are you kidding me? We were not born yesterday. I can guarantee you the vast majority of the time you catch Chinese nationals on a military base or at Mar-a-Lago on the president's private estate, they're spying for the Chinese government. So maybe the law enforcement will press charges on this uh, Chinese national. Exposing Washington on American Family Radio. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Stay tuned to American Family Radio.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.